Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? Going really well. Definitely off to a good start here. Hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, without a doubt. We got a fun one today, and as we do on Saturdays, we'll dive right into it. We're going to be discussing supply drop weapons. Are they so good? When should you use them? Make sure if you want your question answered, though, next week on Wednesday, ask it on our Discord channel meant for questions. You can join by clicking the link in our description or leave a five-star review in Apple Pods to guarantee it makes it on the show. We're also counting down uh, to the third-party private server tournament in Apex mm-hmm. Legends. It's going to be January 28th. You can join by becoming a Patreon. There's a link for that in the description as well. Really, really pumped. More details coming very, very soon. Man, I got to say, one thing that's going to really help somebody dominate this tournament is to know should they use supply drop weapons or not. So thank goodness you guys are listening to today's episode because this is going to be such a fun topic to cover. I feel like we've talked about it so briefly each and every season because we just talk about it when the patch notes come and then kind of just forget about it and everybody does, but we got to realize that some of these guns can do special things for you if you got the opportunity to pick them up. And so I'm excited for us to talk about them today. Yeah, they certainly can. And I think that there's this is a fun discussion because I think mm-hmm. there's a couple of things that will surprise a lot of listeners and definitely surprised me. Um, but supply drop weapons, better known as care package weapons, have had an incredible history overall from being used as a portal to introduce new weapons like the L-Star to a balancing tool where the most powerful weapons are vaulted in order to retain their power without their oppression kind of impacting the masses. To more Mm -hmm. recently, a tool to kind of keep the weapon pool fresh. Over the past 11 seasons, we've had a total of 11 weapons see the inside of the care package, including the following. Kraber, Mastiff, L-Star, Devotion, Peacekeeper, R99, Prowler, Alternator, Spitfire, Triple Take, and G7 Scout. What do you think is the worst one to ever touch the care package? I just got to ask. It's not in the show doc at all, so I'm putting you on the spot. I look at this list and I say the R99 shouldn't have gone to the care package. Mm -hmm. It was buffed significantly going in with its base damage, um, and it didn't really fit well. Uh, I didn't think, um, and that was kind of coming off the heels of some interesting thoughts about what the care package is for. Um, And we thought that was was making room, you know, Mm -hmm. for the Volt at the time. I thought it was an odd decision. Um, What about you? The Mastiff. There's been some times when the Mastiff's been in the care package, like way back when, when I felt like people were, there was not a reason to use it over like a PK and then over an EVA even for points in time. So that one's the one that stands out to me, R99, definitely a close, like it was just such, like you said, such a weird one to go in at that time. And yeah, the way they've used the care package and the way they've changed how they use the care package is crazy. I can think there's a couple perspectives. You can say that's really lame how they've done it, 
we can also say it's really cool because we have no idea what's coming next. We don't know what's yeah. really going to happen next season. Like we've had two in a row of similar kind of like using it to keep things fresh, but I don't know until we see like three or four in a row. I don't trust them. <laughs> kind of. You never know what you can expect at this point from the supply drop. So it's definitely an interesting thing to look at over time, you know, and right now, there was a blip in season seven where we had that LTM where we had tons of supply drops coming down with different mm-hmm. rarities of kitted weapons. Um, right now, you know, if you want a fully kitted weapon, the only way to get it is a gold weapon, like at a hot drop or, you know, at a special spawn location or a supply drop weapon. So this idea mm-hmm. of fully kitted um is an idea to mess around with. And that's kind of why I think a lot of these weird weapons can get away with being in the care package. You know, R99 Mm -hmm. fully set up. That's probably better than anything you have, regardless of its power or balancing in the supply drop. Yeah. Uh, The power of not having to loot to get a gun fully kitted or the power of being able to give a gun on your team that is fully kitted to a teammate so you can pick up another fully kitted gun you're more confident with is really important looting is everything in apex legends to an extent and that's why we love loba so much and a care package really just is an instantaneous you know loba ult at its purest (laughs) yeah it really is um, but looking at these 11 weapons over the past 11 seasons there's a few important patterns to highlight um you know, number one, the SMGs are the most common weapon to be put into the care package. The second one is there's no assault rifle. Mm-hmm. None has ever been put into the supply drop. Um, will there be a day where we see a buffed Havoc put into the supply drop or perhaps the Hemlock gets packed? Yeah, I think uh, I think those are both two really solid cases of what I think we like seeing out of a care package, guns that have a ceiling per se that we have seen in the past because of maybe some of the uniqueness of them the havoc with the usability and the turbo and the havoc with a really dominant burst which it's a weird balance when those guns feel too powerful to be on the ground when they're really buffed up yeah throw them in the care package add that uniqueness i love that's why the alternators in the care package now with disruptor rounds and so i feel like havoc and hemlock are both kind of those characteristics of when they're really good they're really fun and they're really interesting and different to use. So I would love to see either of those in sometime soon. Totally. I think that, you know, if we look back at ourselves over the long life of this podcast, we've straight up avoided breaking down the numbers of supply drop weapons mm-hmm. um, based off of the assumption that it was a no brainer, that they should always be used. And for the fact that most weapons enter the supply drop rotation gain a substantial buff placing their power above the rest of their class so it's never really been we've done i think three smg meta episodes yeah and each episode there's been a weapon that has been taken out because it's in the supply drop and we've just ignored it um, because it's kind of assumed it's better than the rest however today in light of recent observations that maybe this season of supply drop weapons it's the least popular in terms of pick rate I think that mm-hmm. we wanted to take a, a deeper dive and uncover should you use supply drop weapons and in what situations is it worth the trade? Yeah, and I think we got a great comparison here to start us off with what people have kind of been talking about and the strongest characteristic of 
care package weapon. That's right. So the first one is the staple, the Kraber, the OG, the always will be, always and forever, the supply drop weapon, bolt action, sniper rifle. This one is honestly a lot simpler than you might think. If mm-hmm. we look at the numbers, we look at the body damage, headshot damage, rounds per second, magazine capacity, reload speed, both tactical and full, and mm-hmm. the projectile speed to kind of look at what's its accuracy over a different range, how easy is it to hit those long distance shots. Um, this is a pretty short conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were to compare the Kraber to one other weapon, the closest is going to be the other bolt action sniper, and that's the Sentinel. And in order to kind of level the playing field, we're going to give the Sentinel the advantage of being amped with shield cells. Yep, we're not yep. going to consider the the tempo attachment, um, but we are going to think about uh, it amped up because it does the more damage that kind of puts it into a competitive space with the Kraber. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing is body damage on the Kraber is 145. Body damage for a Sentinel that's amped is 88. Mm-hmm. big big difference there you know these body shots of the Kraber are significant um, but later on a little bit we'll see what is the meaningful difference between just these body shots mm-hmm. but the more important thing that defines the Kraber and really holds 90% of its power is the headshot capacity this is a guaranteed knock no matter the helmet no matter the Only legend in the no game. matter the distance like mm-hmm guaranteed 435 damage to the head there's no question about it the sentinel amped up does 176 respectable but totally not comparable mm-hmm. you know this is definitely a different ballpark now if we were to go through these other metrics um maybe a lot of people will be surprised you know mm-hmm. both these snipers are bolt action when we think about rounds per second that's a pretty important metric because it depends on how many shots can you fire at a long distance or a medium distance um, because those big high damage shots matter but you need to be able to hit a few of them in order to really get the job done Mm -hmm. the kraber fires at 0.42 rounds per second and the sentinel fires slightly faster at 0.52 rounds per second so faster on the sentinel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe not a surprise there um, but as we get through these other metrics, I think there's some shockers. The next one is the magazine capacity, and the Kraber has a mag size of four. That's very, very small. The Sentinel mm-hmm. with a purple extended mag has a magazine of seven. But a bigger thing to consider here is you only have a total of 12 shots with the Kraber. If you were to have the Sentinel instead, you have essentially limitless ammo capacity. Um, And so that's a really big deal when you think about how do you play a sniper, you know, style of game. You're going to be going at long range and firing a lot Mm -hmm. of shots. Is 12 enough depending on when you start this certain play style in the game? Um, I think is a big question. The next one, though, is reload. And this is kind of where the Kraber gets slammed on the reload time. Not only is the rechamber time slower than the Sentinel, but the tactical reload, say you fire one shot out of the four and you reload it to get, you know, a full magazine, it's going to take 3.2 seconds, which is 
incredibly long. One of the we longest fire yeah. LMG it's like just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like this is a fully stop, go run around the block, come back, and your weapon's gonna be reloaded. Um, and then a full reload of 4.3 seconds. So just ridiculous, almost comical how long these reloads are, and that really forces you into playing into the range of the Kraber mm-hmm. uh, and not trying to get away with using it like a marksman. Um, the Sentinel, on the other hand, much faster reload, 2.25 seconds on tactical, 3.24 seconds on the full, but then projectile speed. This is the one that I think is quite fascinating. They are close. So this isn't like groundbreaking information, mm-hmm. but you would think that the Kraber is that long distance go of a weapon it's going to be the most accurate because it's designed to do these long distance headshots. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is the Sentinel has a faster projectile speed at 31,000 units per second versus the Kraber at 29,500 units per mm-hmm. second. Close margin here, but I think interesting that if you're actually thinking about hitting your shots, it's going to be easier over distance to hit shots with the Sentinel than mm-hmm. it is the Kraber. It is such an interesting comparison because there's a, all those numbers point towards that sentinel. And so then I think the question becomes, is the headshot chance, does that outweigh everything else? And for a lot of people, it probably does. What are kind of your impressions on that, though? How does it stand? Yeah, I think it comes down to a lot of the usability. You know, if mm-hmm. you are a, a skilled sniper and you do hit headshots, the Kraber is a really great option Mm -hmm. but and maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here um if you don't snipe frequently and your loadout is a shotgun smg but every time you see a kraber you pick it up that's a little weird because a Mm -hmm. lot of the value that the kraber provides is in the sentinel amped up you know Mm -hmm. you could be a really great sniper um if you switched your loadout so i think that's kind of one of the the interesting things about the Kraber that mm-hmm. it's so magnetic, but the Sentinel isn't necessarily it, that weapon. It's the chase of the headshot knock. It's mm-hmm. the chase of that mm-hmm. only feeling in the game. And by all means, it's amazing. There's no other gun in the game that can win a game automatically. But when you force a 3v3 into a 3v2, 3v2 into a 2v1 because you hit a Kraber headshot and then you pad on them or use any mobility ta- ability to get over there, uh, it's GG's unlike anything else. And that's something quite special about this weapon. And it's also oh. the reason... Feel free. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm go glad ahead. you bring that up because, yeah. yes, it's the only gun in the game except the Sentinel in the early game. So if you were to amp up the Sentinel when you're going up against an enemy with white or blue armor, Mm -hmm. the Kraber and the Sentinel are the exact same, except for the fact that the Sentinel is better Mm -hmm. in almost every way. It's really the late game Kraber that maintains that one shot to the head Mm -hmm. while the Sentinel amped up goes to two headshots in order Mm -hmm. to knock somebody with purple and red um, that really widen the gap between the weapons. but. These weapons are very, very close in the early game and stay Mm -hmm. identical in both the headshots required and the body shots required. You know, the if you were to not hit headshots, which honestly I think is far, far more likely uh, Mm -hmm. than hitting a headshot with the Kraber, 
But if you were to just look at both these weapons at body damage potential, early game are the same. Takes two body shots to knock somebody if you're amping up the Sentinel. And then in the late game, uh, the Kraber stays the same at two shots to the body against purple and red armor. And the Sentinel then hikes it up to three shots to the body to get the knock. Mm-hmm. That's pretty close, you know, when you consider the magazine size and the reload. These are very competitive weapons, truth mm-hmm. be told. Is is that like an actual decision you ever feel like you need to make, though, or a player needs to make? Because the Kraber is one of those care package guns that it's not an early drop rate. It's a late rate. It's a late drop rate. So there is a chance, obviously. But the majority of the time when you have to make the decision on if you want the Kraber or not, it is going towards the mid to late game when everybody starts to get their armor, per se. And then I think it is, that's when obviously you get the, like you're kind of mentioning, you get that power of the Kraber and you actually have the potential reasoning to use it. And I think it's really interesting to hear, like, it's a hard gun to use. I don't use it. Like, most of the time, teams I play with, I have other people that are better with the Kraber than I am. And so they use the Kraber because I believe it was Monsoon, who was a very, very, very good Wraith player and pro player uh, that said something a long time ago and has kind of stuck with me since then. And it's been reiterated by pro players. But if you hit all Kraber body shots, 100%, that is a failed Kraber pickup. <laughs> like the only reason, the only time you get the good stuff out of the Kraber is if you get those headshot knocks. Obviously, that's limited to pro play very specifically, but I think it iterates the point on how important the headshot is and then how hard it is to use it because how hard a headshot is to get. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good point. And, you know, if we were to just take a little tangent to talk about damage per second, I think this is an, another good point to bring up. Kraber does huge amounts of damage. You know, that body shot even, 145, that's substantial. You know, that's mm-hmm. a two shot kill that's really really good there's really no other weapon that can do that in the game the damage per second for the kraber is only 60 60.4 damage per second the sentinel is 45 so Mm -hmm. the kraber is better in terms of damage just because it's a little slower on the fire rate but the damage makes up for it but if you were to compare this to another weapon like the r301 that has a damage per second of 189 Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking more than three times the damage per second with an assault rifle than the Kraber. Mm-hmm. And it, if you're, it, it like just, you said earlier, if you're not a talented Kraber player, there's not a lot of reasons to drop your fully kitted R301 for it, you know? Yeah. Which Absolutely. Is tough, which is really hard. But give me some of the pros and cons of the Kraber yeah, compared to the Sentinel. Pros, late game supremacy as a sniper. It's the mm-hmm. best. No question. Against the purple and red armor, nothing really competes with it. Second pro, if you carry a sniper, you're always going to switch, essentially, Mm -hmm. just because it has the power Mm -hmm. and in the late game is better. And let I want to clarify something I just said because I don't want people to get mad at me for saying something. (laughs) But I said you don't drop the R301 if you're not a very good sniper. But despite that, I think if you have a full... If you're a three-person team and you come up to a care baggage and you see a Kraber, one person should always pick up that Kraber just in terms of the fact of there is this potential with it late game. You also don't want to play against a Kraber though. Nobody wants to play against a Kraber late game. And so it's like we kind of say there's not a care package weapon you shouldn't pick up at any point in the game. 
just because of that, the Kraber, the Kraber falls in line with it. I mean, if you hit a body shot with the Kraber, yes, that is not a knock. It definitely could be better, but you're forcing the enemy to take at least a 10 second pause to heal. Mm-hmm. Probably a 13 second pause if they kind of do a battery and then a med kit. So it's significant. You're definitely doing damage with this weapon, regardless of its use. Um, but let's get to the cons. Mm-hmm. First con ammo capacity 12 shots is very limiting, and that reinforces the fact that this is a skillful weapon. Mm-hmm. Number two con the optic is locked. So yeah. unlike other snipers where you can put a three times, two times, two by four, four by eight, you know, this is the optic you get and you can't throw a fit about it. And, you know, if you could put a two times on a Kraber, that'd probably be overly powerful, but Mm -hmm. it is a con. And the last one is this is a slow and difficult weapon to use. You know, a lot of care package weapons are like, wow, this is a really fun, powerful weapon. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is not you. You pick it up and you say, oh, I'm very confident. You have to be Mm -hmm. dialed in. You got to focus. And, you know, like I said a little bit earlier, if you like to snipe and you're good at it, please be using the Sentinel. Like you can Mm -hmm. achieve Mm -hmm. so much with it. If you're already good with it, Um, you should be doing that and then swap to the Kraber when you see it. Well said. Well said. And then just to kind of repeat ourselves a little bit, what would you swap? What sort of loadout do you want Mm -hmm. with the Kraber? Again, you know, trade a sniper or your alternate weapon. You know, you want to keep an assault rifle or a light machine gun uh, and then for a flexible and reliable secondary weapon in a fight. You know, a second, an alternate weapon that you might want to drop for the Kraber would be like maybe a wingman or a shotgun, a shotgun. you know, mm-hmm. something that is a secondary and not as reliable as something that's fully automatic. If you, if you're running PK Kraber, you're a braver person than I am without a doubt. But talk to me about my favorite gun in the game right now and tell me if I'm uh, if I'm crazy for it being my favorite gun in the game. Cause I want to talk about the alternator. This one's a shocker, man. I'm telling you, um, not exactly what I thought it was going to look like. Okay. Um, the alternator back in the day was not the greatest uh, mm-hmm. SMG, but it was pretty easy to use. It was forgiving on the accuracy and its fire rate allowed you to stay pretty accurate, mm-hmm. um, which I think mm-hmm. is why a lot of people really enjoyed using it. Today, the alternator in the care package has its max magazine of 27 and then an accuracy requirement of hitting 12 shots out of the 27 or 44 percent of your shots to knock somebody with purple or gold armor closest competitor to the alternator given the magazine size and the fire rate is going to be the volt Mm -hmm. um, just because they're really similar in terms of body damage uh, to health and the magazine size is just one off as well um, with the alternator being favorable in both those situations but if we look at the accuracy comparison you have to hit 44 percent with the alternator the volt you have to hit 54 percent so you have to hit two more shots and you have one less in the magazine so it's more difficult to use the volt than it is the alternator um, but the reload time is not horrible uh but competitive i think i mm-hmm. think this is a fair reload we have a tactical of 1.71 and a full of 2.01 
Volt has a tactical of 1.44 and a full of 2.03. Um, so a little bit of a, a favoritism on the Volt on a tactical reload. But what gets really interesting is the damage per second with the alternator. Because as many people know, the alternator has a disruptor round effect where it does yep. more damage to shields than it does to health. So there's two separate damages per second here. Damage to shields is at 220 damage per second. Extremely high, mega high, highest mm -hmm. in the game. It's ridiculous. But the damage per second to the body is 160. The Volt has a damage per second of 180. But if we were to put the alternator into a simulated situation where it does the damage to purple armor, cracks mm -hmm. it, and then it does 100 more damage to health, that balances out to a damage per second of 185. Mm -hmm. So it's slightly, slightly faster or more damage than the Volt. Yeah. But Five just barely. DPS isn't huge. Yeah, that's, that's not a big difference. And so what I was more curious about, where I saw that, you know, really, really close, you know, comp competition there between the Volt and the Alternator, I was thinking, you know what, I think the Alternator is that end-game SMG. It's just going to melt through that red armor faster than any other SMG. It's going to dominate. If we put it up against the steepest competition, which I think is deserving because it's a supply drop weapon. For sure. Car and the R99. The R99 has a red armor time to kill of 1.14 seconds. And then the car is slightly faster at 1.12 seconds. The alternator doing 125 damage to the red armor and then 100 damage to the body sits at 1.19 seconds. Slower than both the car and the R99. That is crazy. I mean, because what, what that signifies is the power of the alternator is that it is the forgiving gun. It is the one with the easy recoil. It was the one with the, uh, like the rounds per second that people like can confidently shoot with. Like that's where the pros are. Not as much the disruptor just destroy that. I think people kind of assume that it is. I think that another thing with the alternator though, and you realize it even more when you highlight that difference in DPS, the 220 versus the 160 is this gun needs to be in the hand of your entry fragger. If you have a team that kind of runs this so-called circle method that we talk about so much, where you have somebody go in, alternate out, have somebody go in, alternate out in this really quick fashion. But the person that's going to be shooting the shields first should probably be carrying the alternator because it is such a big advantage versus going with a different kind of weapon. Um, yeah, maybe maybe you even go as far to say with the alternator, you'd be the crazy person that just and I crack shields going to the next person. Somebody else finish them off for me. Like <laughs> it's possible, you know, you don't necessarily want to be breaking contact like that. But the thing that honestly surprised me was just the drastic fall off in damage. Once you take away the shields, you know, not only does it slow down the damage and make it less overall, but it actually makes the time to kill slower than the mm -hmm. car and the R99. That surprised me, considering how high the damage per second is with the disruptors. Yeah. So where so do you stand on it then? Yeah, give me, give me some of the pros and cons again for this yeah, gun I mean, and when we swap. Pros are, it's a fully stacked SMG. You know, that mm -hmm. has a lot of inherent value. Um, you know, it's hard to fully kit out a Volt or something else. 
And the second pro is it's the most forgiving SMG. Like you said, that is really the allure of mm-hmm. the supply drop weapon that it's the easiest to use. And so that's a pretty good reason. Despite, you know, tiny differences in time to kill, this weapon is still good. Um, and if we're talking a probably point, gives it the power edge. Yeah. If we're talking a 0.07 difference, then you take that forgiveness, like for yeah. the most part. And maybe there are players out there that are like, I love the nine and the car so much. I control those. No problem. Sure. I feel free. I think that's going to be the minority of our audience and myself included on who's confident enough to play like that. So definitely love the forgiveness of the alternator. And uh, another pro has to be the sound of the disruptors obvious obvious intrinsic factor there with the uh (laughs) yeah it's a fearful weapon no Mm -hmm. doubt about it and then the only con is that late game competitiveness against Mm -hmm. other smgs and really shotguns for that matter like this it doesn't dominate in the end game like you may think Mm -hmm. or feel it does um it definitely performs well but it it isn't the highest performer in terms of time to kill and damage per second what I'm hearing is I need Hammer Point back to pair with it. You probably do, Shane. <laughs> you probably do. It's a real shame. Um, but what to swap for this? You're going to want to swap any not fully stocked assault rifle or SMG. You know, if you don't have a mag, you don't have a good optic, take the Digi Threat here um, and the barrel stabilizer and the extended yep. mag. This is a really solid weapon. Um, but you could also keep as a secondary an R301 flatline volt. Um, to kind of swap to after shield something that has a good um, hip fire but also a, a solid magazine size i think Some is a good range. idea um, you could say oh well hip fire on the r9 or the car is really good but i think that range is really nice secondary yeah. uh, to include with something like the alternator yeah and, and avoiding the longbow sniper pairing because there is an advantage to having a swap to something after you crack those shields is quite important right now from the looks of it. But yeah, that's going to uh, get us to the break and we'll hit right into the Spitfire after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. This one, the Spitfire, the weapon of controversy, the LMG of all LMGs. My man, we have talked about this gun endlessly the last uh, couple seasons up until this most recent one. It's been a while. So uh, refresh everyone's brain with the power of the spit. If it's still the most broken gun to ever exist, as people said it was when it was packed, um, whether that was right or wrong, I think we can, uh, well, let's hear about it. <laughs> it is certainly good uh, as to be expected, but obviously we're going to compare the Spitfire to the Rampage. Um, there's some really close competitions here to be honest. Mm-hmm. And one of the most interesting right off the bat is the body damage. Spitfire in the supply drop does 19 damage to the body. The Rampage does 28. Huge difference in terms of just base damage. But the time to kill is kind of where things balance out. And that's mm-hmm. the rate of fire enforced by this body damage. Time to kill on the Spitfire is clocking in at 1.17 seconds. The Rampage, 1.43 seconds. Much, much slower unless you have a thermite and you charge it up for a mag, and then it's going to have a time to kill of 1.1 seconds, so faster than the Spitfire. I personally think this is a really awesome way to balance a weapon that really came in to replace the Spitfire. How can we give players the Spitfire they've been using, but in a way that's more fair and requires you to make a pretty tough decision and to loot and to enforce it 
but limit the power. I think mm-hmm. this is great, making it fundamentally less powerful in terms of time to kill than the Spitfire, but giving it one option to occasionally have a really powerful opportunity. Yeah, it's so cool to see them say, we're going to get to a similar endpoint, but take different routes. And we had a route that was potentially too easy for people. So let's add two barriers. One is looting a thermite. And then one is, I think, the higher body damage, but slower fire rate, which you're going to talk about later, um, at the base level at least, is uh, it creates this room for error. When you miss, you feel it more with the Rampage mm-hmm. than you do with the Spitfire. And that forgiveness is something that we just talked about with the alternator being such a powerful thing. It rings true with the Spitfire as well in my mind, but it's so cool to see how they balance these guns. Uh, And this is just an example of cool game design. Yeah. Not only is the rampage slower and therefore less forgiving, but the magazine sizes are also drastic. You know, the Spitfire has 55 rounds and we're not even talking about Rampart using this thing (laughs) and the rampage has a maximum magazine capacity of 40 so in terms of ease of use spitfire just blows the rampage out of the water if you Mm -hmm. were to choose one of these if you were to be carrying a fully kitted rampage you're switching every single time to the spitfire without question it is just far superior and one really great case for that is the accuracy Both of these weapons have identical accuracy requirements at 20% of your shots with a maximum magazine against purple armor. I love that. I think it's crazy that they were able to balance two, you know, heavy LMGs to that point of, you know, specificity and keep their numbers so different in terms of damage, rate of fire, time to kill, like kind of balanced perfectly. I'm shocked they were able to achieve this. Um, it's so it's impressive. Cool. Yeah, I think really well is. said. Um, the one place where the Rampage kind of shines outside of using the Thermite and getting a little bit of an edge for a very limited period of time is the reload times. Tactical of 1.76, full of two and a quarter seconds. Compare that to the Spitfire, it has a tactical of 2.78 seconds and a full of 3.31. So you're punished on the reload, but you have a much larger magazine size. So it's kind of a mute point, to be honest. The Spitfire is better. Yeah. I mean, you just, you don't have to reload as often because of that. And mm-hmm. if they had close reload speed times, then we would be really frustrated by the, yeah. you might not praise that balancing as much per se if the Spitfire was reloading at the same speed. Yeah, you can think about it in terms of the Spitfire has a longer reload, but it can fire for the difference between the reloads. So you could be firing for more than a second longer than you could sustained with the Rampage. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Let's get to the pros. Like we said, magazine size on the Spitfire is a strength, incredible power over sustained damage, over its accuracy. And then it comes with a two times bruiser sight. I think that's a huge pro. Love that optic. I think it works great with this weapon. You could give a two times bruiser on any gun to Henry and he would be like, I can figure out how to make it work. Even if I have to swap it to another gun, that's just a buff in of itself. No problem. I'll take it for free. (laughs) Only con really is that substantial reload time, but that could be offset by your play style. What are you going to swap? What loadout do you want with the Spitfire? You're going to trade any LMG period. Um, This weapon essentially can spray down entire teams. So any secondary weapon you'd like, really. You can literally keep anything you want. Um, 
as always, when you're using an LMG, you want to keep your distance, just wreak havoc. Um, you're going to be set, you know, spray mm-hmm. and pray if that's what you want to say. Um, but the Spitfire is dominant, period. The, the Spitfire is so good. Um, this is one of the guns I would be surprised if we ever got it back in the regular loot pool. Um, and if we did, it would, I assume, come with very substantial changes. Um, yeah. And that's that's interesting to see and not something I will say about a, like a lot of these guns that are in the care package now with how it's structured and not a lot of what I would have said about them in the past as well. So the Spitfire is probably going to be in the care pack for a while. And if you're competing in the third party pod tournament and do not pick up the Spitfire as you roll across it, that is an immediate L. Uh, I just made that rule up, Henry. Hopefully you approve. Approved rule. That's next. that in this next gun. That in this next gun. Yeah. This one will really get Henry. <laughs> Final supply drop weapon in rotation at the moment is the G7 Scout. Um, just to get right into it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this one hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Put one up. If we look at the metrics, um, this weapon really performs incredibly well and is highlighted in its accuracy requirement. It only Mm -hmm. takes six out of 20 shots to knock an enemy with purple armor. That's a 30% accuracy requirement. It's extremely, extremely good. Mm -hmm. Now, based off of the little bit of a buff it got going into the supply drop, it brought its time to kill to 1.39 seconds, which is really, really, really good for a marksman. It is Mm -hmm. lightning fast, and we're not considering the double tap. So mm-hmm. that's going to you know, make a difference in terms of speed to kill, but there's that pause between the double shots, so keep that in mind. But this is just kind of base, single fire, time to kill potential. It, it's still crazy they added this one <laughs> in, into it's the package. It's dumb. It's because, dumb. Everybody knows it. Like, you're going you're gonna to share these numbers. It's a very strong weapon. Pick it up. Like, it's a very strong weapon, but it's crazy to me that they had to buff it going in because something that we talked about is part of the power with the g7 in the good old days was that you only needed a common mag on it and that was what was we loved about it for so long but now it's in the package that's like not something you need to even address in the slightest but yeah. despite that it's still powerful <laughs> yeah yeah for real and the closest competitor we think right now is probably the 3030 repeater mm-hmm. and you look at the time to kill on that weapon and it's 2.06 seconds against purple armor very slow time to kill very much what we would say is a a very good sniper or something like yeah, that yeah um this is not really in the same ballpark of ars or the g7 to be honest um reload is a really tough thing to compare across these two um you know if you were to do a tactical reload with a 30 30 it rechambers one round at a time if you were mm-hmm. to do six out of the maximum of 12, it would take 1.56 seconds. Pretty fast for half of a magazine. If you mm-hmm. were to do a tactical reload on the G7, it's 2.4 seconds. Full reload, though, on the 3030, having to manually put in 12 shots, that takes 7.2 seconds. Just crazy. More than double the time that it would take the G7. Um, Just drop point, your weapon. Yeah. Just go <laughs> fist to cuffs at that point. Um, but the G7 shines on that accuracy, 30%. Mm-hmm. The 3030 requires a 42% accuracy 
percentage, but really that is because of the magazine size. You actually have to hit one less shot to the body to get mm-hmm. a knock against purple armor. So it's six shots required versus five shots required with a 30-30. Mm-hmm. Kind of an interesting thing. And then really in this comparison, the body damage or that base damage um, shines on the repeater side. You know, you yeah. have a minimum damage of 42. If you charge it up, it goes up to 57 to the body. G7, it does 36. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we think about this in a lot of different ways. You can give the edge to the 30-30 in isolation, but rate of fire wise, and you even bring in the double tap, if you're hitting two shots and the rate of fire is mm-hmm. four shots per second, which is incredibly faster than the 30-30, really you're hitting at least double the shots that you are with the 30-30 in mm-hmm. the time. So if you think about that, maybe the damage isn't too far off. And that's why you see the time to kill vastly different. Yeah. And it comes back to a similar thing with the rampage where some forgiveness when you can shoot so mm-hmm. many shots and especially forgiveness up close. Like if you don't have yeah. shatter caps on your 3030, like G7 is a one of those marksmen that can still perform in the hip fire situation up close when need be at a very high level because of that. 36 is solid, but you can fire that thing off a couple of times without a doubt if need be and that's a nice little pro and power in of itself totally pros accuracy you know you just have such a large magazine and then number two the time to kill rate of fire is so strong and not just in terms of speed and power but this is like enforcing the forgiveness like coupling a low accuracy requirement and a fast time to kill and rate of fire just means this weapon is really easy honestly Mm -hmm. like if you're aiming at your target you have plenty of shots i think you can do much more damage to the g7 at medium range than you could with even the easiest control weapon the r301 i just totally i stand by that i practice it a lot of people don't believe it but (laughs) i think it's true cons here Base damage, you know, we addressed it, but the base damage is less uh, than other marksmen, specifically the 30-30. And then this thing comes with a two to four times uh, on the optic, which you can switch out. Not my favorite. I like the three times or the two times. Yeah. Um, but I can crazy make it crazy if work. someone on this podcast really liked the two to four on the G7 and you put can. it in the pro column maybe you for You get him. options. You get uh, options. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan for sure. I know I'm in the minority and I still prefer the three times, but uh, I do love me a two to four truly only on the G7 because of the fast fire rate. The rest of the guns, I, it just doesn't work for me for some reason. So, But uh, I definitely am a three times fan at heart and I wish that was on the care package gun because we're supposed to give it everything it deserves in the care package. And that's you three would times. Think, you would think the scout gets nothing it deserves. Um <laughs> But what the would you bitterness spot, comes out. You know, any marksman, any sniper, or AR, I think you should really consider mm-hmm. getting the G7 if you stumble across it. I would keep an LMG as that secondary weapon, you know, because all of these supply drop weapons free up your ammo requirement. Mm-hmm. You can carry a lot of ammo for an LMG, and I think that's a perfect pairing uh, with a weapon like the G7. Yeah, yeah, totally. Those are the care packaging guns, though. Hopefully, uh, you guys realize one how good they are, but also, you know, maybe they're not these some of the things like the alternator. They're not as great as we uh, maybe assume they are, which is an interesting thing to find. Uh, but these are all still worth picking up for sure. Hopefully, this comparison helped you guys learn something. 
I have one more question for you, though, before we wrap up the show. We could talk about it briefly at the beginning of the show, but let's have some fun here. What do you think should be the future of care packaged weapons? You can give me a specific example, if you want to, of a gun you want, Havoc, Turbo, Buffed, or talk to me a little bit about, do you want it to be a keep the loot pool fresh? Do you want it to be a balancing tool? How do you think we should go about using the care package at its absolute best going into the future of 2022 Apex Legends? I I got some spicy takes on it. I think that you could continue down the route that the current care package is and allow it to keep putting weapons in the game. You know, mm-hmm. getting four weapons in this last year was ridiculous. I think that definitely put strain on the game if we keep that pace. I think that that pressure will be released in the supply drop. So mm-hmm. I think we'll see an expansion to even more weapons to the care package, potentially more drops of the care package throughout the game. Um, and I think that's probably the route that we'll go. Um, in terms of weapons and what will go in there, I kind of agree with you. I think the Spitfire will stay. The Kraber will stay. Hopefully the, the Scout gets out of there as soon as possible. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. I, I got I two if you don't have the any. Alternator uh, coming back either. I think okay. Disruptor is cool, but man, I like that gun. And I'd love to see it again. What do you the think t- should go in? The two I want to go in, like, and we kind of open the door with disruptors. I would love, maybe even buffed more than it was on the ground. Actually, buffed more than it was on the ground. A P twenty twenty hammer point. I think that would be really fun. And then maybe you do keep the alternator in there, and so you have like this. Oh, you can get that dream combo sure, if you sure. truly want to. Um, and I, I am a fan of the idea of putting the upon release bow into the care package the very 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 strong version of it um as much as i love the bow and i love the ability to use it any game if i want to and i would miss it if it went into the care package i I guess sad that nobody really likes it and nobody wants to use it so putting it incredibly strong into the care package would open the door for it to have a bit more I, i guess attention and meta and some of the love that i would love for it to deserve and it just makes sense, you know? It's the only weapon Roofs that takes arrows. It would clean yeah. up the loot pool. I'd love it, you know? Build in those features, the 3030 and the Sentinel. Makes total sense to me. I yep. think that it's a no-brainer, but we will see what happens. Yeah. It could go either way. It could go mm-hmm. either way, and it'll be exciting to see. But that's going to wrap up this show. Thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out our Discord via the link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.